Mr. Mateos, everybody, welcome to the High Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. We're back, Maddie. We're back. We're back. It's been a while, people. I apologize for a bit of a uh, absence. All right, it's just been a crazy time. I was about to start rapping. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. Now. No, don't rap. Please don't rap. Spare everybody the pain. All right. Um, hey guys, um, we're excited to be back. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth. What happened was, uh, Maddie messed up. We actually, we actually, <laughs> we recorded this podcast uh, or a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, two, three weeks back. Yep, and it was a great one. We had fun with it. I um, pressed delete. We're excited. We <laughs> we're excited to present it to everybody. And then, um, yeah, it kind of got messed up a little bit, but um, it's okay because we're back and we're here and we're ready to keep going again. All right, and it's going to be a beautiful episode again. I can see it already. I can feel it deep down in my belly. So. How you going, Matty? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. So, what's been happening in the in the life of Matty? Mate, just training lots. You uh, have been. New Year resolution. What Tra- was it? Train more. It wasn't. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I want to train more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially after you know, my goal was to get a brown belt in 2020, and 2020 was a, a funny year. It was, uh, and you know, like through, through no one's fault. It mm-hmm. was no one's fault. It was a crazy year. Uh, I, I probably don't need to say anything more about it. Everyone experienced it. Um, but suffice to say, I didn't get to train anywhere near as much as I wanted to. Um, you know, and so this year I'm making up for it. Beautiful, and I think you have been. It's been a good start to the year for yeah, absolutely. sure. Absolutely, I'm cracking through it. Oops. So, um, yeah, what's happening with you, my friend? Um, what's happening with me? I've just been really, really busy with the with high jitsu. We cranked the um, the timetable to um, a, a level up. Oh, it's and it's a beautiful timetable for everybody now, and it just means that um, we're just busy. We're an all day jitsu gym now. Pretty much, man. It's like it's full. It's beyond full time now, um, and it's awesome. And then it's beyond full time commitments at home as well with little yeah. roscoe and um that's very exciting so just beautiful times right now maddie and um sometimes i have to pinch myself at just how awesome knock on wood you know but um how fun things are right now so i wake up every morning and i'm excited whether it's you know seeing my kid first thing in the morning because he's always waking us up really really early yep. um but you know walking in there and seeing his head kind of makes it all worthwhile at least getting up <laughs> you know and then you know, coming to work and hanging out with the crew—it's all—it's all beautiful. Um, and now sitting here and having a chat with Mr. Mateo uh, makes it even better. All right, so um, yes, shall we get into it? Let's get into it, guys. The podcast topic for today—it's a really good one, and it's something that we don't really talk about, actually. I think because um, I guess it's almost just assumed knowledge. But it's not really, it shouldn't be because there's a skill, there's an art to it. And it is how to be a good uke. What is an uke, Maddie? Uke or uki? Uki. Uke. 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 Maybe not uke. It's like a, what's the origin of the word? I don't know. I say it's Japanese. Duke. Like a duke is a D-U-K-E. Yeah. Uke. So it's a duke. It's an uke. Yeah, I guess maybe if you, if you look at it like that, uke, yeah, ukulele, ukulele. Yeah, but I guess in um. But it's Japanese, so it's a, it's yeah. a uke, uke. Uke, yeah, uke, uke. Yeah, uke. 
Um, and so, and I wrote this pod, uh, this blog post with the thought of an uki being like being an uki to the teacher who is demonstrating a technique in the middle of the class. But Maddie raises a good point, and so we had to take a we looked at the def, uh, at the dictionary. Um, I don't know the Urban Dictionary, whatever it was, and it was um, <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Uh, we googled it, and an ukiya is just basically somebody who is receiving a technique, yeah. and that makes sense. It's a nice little distinction to make from the beginning because it means that what we're talking about today is, um, well, being your teachers, your your instructors, uki when they're demonstrating technique, but also when teacher says three, two, one, clap, you know, and you go off and you train with your partner. Um, that's also an ukiya. Anybody who receives a technique is an ukiya. And whilst all the attention goes to the person practicing the technique, you know, and how to do this and how to do that, there needs to be a, another person, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're the, you're the other half of the story. And if, in order to make the story a good one, um, you need to have the right energy, the right feedback. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yep. What's funny? I was just thinking, you know, you can't, obviously you need an uki to train jiu-jitsu. Uh, unless you're, you could do solo jewels, mate. Unless yeah. you're John Danaher, a la you know, 2020. Or, or John Smolios, who knows his jiu-jitsu so thoroughly, he can demonstrate a move without a training partner. You're doing jiu-jitsu with ghosts. That's possible. Trade ghosts. No, but I mean, once you know what you're doing, you can replicate the movements for the most part without a training partner. There's a few yeah. times, a few times you can't in terms of when maybe you need during to, like, coronavirus lockdowns, you you don't gonna have a partner. Um, and you can do a lot, man, the solo stuff, look, we did our best at the time, right? But not even that, I'm talking like in class, you'll demonstrate a move without the person there. But yeah. only to a degree, you, obviously the cert, I can't. Yeah, because I might be showing like the leg positioning or something like that. I can't do know? an arm bar from guard without having someone in my guard. No, well, you can jump against a wall and kind of counterbalance Yeah, but it's still not the same. No, that's why, that's, why we, that's why we're here, that's why we're talking about the uki, because Jiu-jitsu, for the most part, you know, will require the uki. So, you're in class, you're all warmed up, you're excited to hear what's on the agenda for technique tonight. Everyone gathers around the room, the instructor's eyes gaze out in the abyss of students looking shyly back at him. Lo and behold, it's your name that's caught out. Maddie, come over here, let me teach this technique on you today. Hopefully I'm not asleep. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Maddie tends to sleep in class yeah, sometimes, you know, so... Just be snoozing. Gonna have, to, gonna have to wake him up. Um... So, is your heart sinking to your hips at the thought of being a co-host of the class? Maybe you've never been told how to be a good uki. And by extension of Maddie's um, point, um, when you go off and maybe you're just getting started with jiu-jitsu um, and you're learning with a partner, once the instructor has demonstrated on his uki and you're off to learn with your uki, um, you know, that's, that's a time of learning, a time of practice. And so... What we've done here, and hopefully what we get out with this podcast, is just a few tips and tricks on how to how to do it well, okay? Uh, because the uki has an extremely important job. The moves of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu all rely on leverage, right? And leverage relies on energy being given in certain directions. Dimensions? Directions or dimensions? Both. Dimensions. Well, a dimension is more of a 3D space, but a direction is a path along a 3D space. Hmm. So it would be direction. 
I believe direction. A direction through dimension. Well, look, Maybe. like if you look, I want to do a scissor sweep. You're going to practice a scissor sweep on me. And if I um, just sit back on my heels and drop my weight really low to the ground, chances are the scissor sweep's not going to be there, right? And if I True. really want to keep myself there. So you can kind of use your kazushi and kind of come forward and pull me f- towards yourself. Um, but if I really don't want to give you it, then I won't give you that. And you might have to go to something different. So in yep. today's class with women's only, we did, you know, from the cross collar choke to the sit-up sweep. You know, so countering. So if the person's weight is back, then you're going to go to the next technique. But if you want to practice scissor sweep, and if that's the focus of the class, then it's up to the uki to kind of give the necessary energy in the right direction uh, in order to kind of um, show how the leverage works best. You know, so um, when the instructor or your training partner is attempting to apply a certain technique in a specific situation, it's your role as the uki to provide that environment. Yes. Right? Without a co- cooperative uki, the intended technique can't be shown in the most effective way. So the a very common question that tends to annoy a lot of people is like, yeah, but what if I do this? And it's like, okay, sure. You, like, We'll go to the next step. You know, so that's step two or step three of this sequence mm-hmm. is us dealing with what you do if you were to do something that's different to what we're looking at right now. Um, but if I want to work on my scissor sweep, then work with me, please, and give me yeah. what kind of give me what I need. Time and place to understand what we're talking about. You know, I feel pretty lucky. I, I in the sense that look, it's not wrong to ask those questions. Not one bit. It's not wrong. It's good that you're thinking ahead. But as as John just said, it's also time. Right now, we're showing this technique. We're not showing that technique. Ask that question in lab. Ask that question, you know, keep that question, have it available. But, you know, that this is the time to practice what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that's why we have a, that's why we have class, you know, that's why we have a syllabus, that's why we have a curriculum, that's why we have structure with every class. So today's, the aim of today's class is to, you know, today we did Russian ties and nogi, mm-hmm. and then we looked and worked on the dash choke. So that's kind of like the focus. So, what if someone says, "What if I don't give my elbow and I kind of keep my elbows tight?" Well, you're not kind of creating the right environment for us to learn. I'm not going to dash someone if both their elbows are in because I can't get underneath there. If their elbow is not separated, then I'm not going to do it. Mm, you're going to get to something else, right? You might mount a person and start looking for something else, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, so. Um, yeah, so it doesn't being an uki, an effective uki at least, doesn't need to be difficult. It doesn't need to be painful if you do it correctly, you know. But you must be sharp. Oh. You need to stay alert, Maddie. Sorry, I was just thinking. Some of those are brown and black belt uh, uh, self defense ones. If you're doing it correctly as the uki, you're going to get launched. I'm, I'm thinking there's a few there's a few of those uh, self defense techniques where if you're doing it correctly as an uki and you're giving the right amount of energy you're getting launched well that's 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 the goal of the technique right so you are gonna you are gonna get a little bit of a a beating not intentionally but for example yesterday we were doing the the karate chop to the neck yeah right i've got bruises on my neck at the moment on not my neck can't say i didn't enjoy that on my uh, on my (laughs) uh uh, trap trap muscle i've got Mm. bruises from I was karate chopping my trap muscles. He's lucky so I was karate chopping the trap muscle and not and oh. not the and not the neck, right? That part. 
Yeah, Boom. coming inwards. Oof, that, that was be, a cool class, huh? That so was fun, man. Elia, guys, we're doing an Elia Gracie self-defense class uh, on Fridays. That's one of the new classes. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's after the BJJ Study Club, which is another one of the new classes. And it should... Do that again. That was sick. Um, and it's uh, it's just kind of... I don't know. I've been loving it, man. I've been, fun. I feel like I've, my the learning has just kind of exploded again. Mm. And it's keeping it fresh and it's keeping it exciting and it's um, it's opening up the boundaries you know of our of our knowledge yeah. because with both of those classes they're kind of allowing us the opportunity to delve a little bit deeper into the some parts of jiu-jitsu that not get neglected but we don't have time to 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 look into yeah um, too in like too much so um spending an hour you know refining all of our self-defense technique once a week mm-hmm. spending an hour like jumping on you know bjj fanatics i've got about 20 30 dvds there that i you know would ha- like I'd try my best to kind of look at them and work with them but if you're at home doing just watching them it's nice to do it in person yeah I, i'm i'm the same i i've got dvds at home that i've never once put on yeah i do i do too and so i noticed that the bjj fanatics um dvds that i got there i wasn't really using them and then i see a freaking founders day sale and then i see a black friday sale so i buy a couple more that one's awesome that one's awesome there's so many to look at yeah um but there's like no real time or opportunity to practice them with a partner because i'm always in here with class right yep. so we said let's just make a class and we can go over it together which has been really really cool but anyways we digress um how to be a better uki mm. we digress that because we're talking about the pain yeah sorry yeah yeah right sometimes so, sometimes you got to take a bit of a, a beating, I guess. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm being nice to you, as you know, or you, you know, if I won't put it on too hard. No. So I could have I could have karate chopped you like five times as hard. Oh, absolutely. But I was being nice. But you still kind of it was a bit of repeated. The repeated kind of hits. Yeah, absolutely. Tell you what is painful though, um, being an uki to like a judo throw potentially. Oh, if a well landed ushimata. Yeah. When you're just you're literally getting like spun yep. on the in uh, the smallest like uh, over yourself and then just thump on the floor yeah flat on the ground like um, and it's hard to do most, it nice AJ like slowly with the most perfect Uchi recently yeah and I just looked up at him right <laughs> from the floor going oh <laughs> that happened to me yesterday Mr Luke Whiffen um, uh, well he he just like we're practicing it and then we do like five five of the kazushi like setting setups yeah. and the sixth one was going to be the throw so then we stopped we're talking about it and then the first one he did was the whole throw and it was the most beautiful one he'd done the whole day yeah and i landed so hard on my back and i, <laughs> I break i broke fell i break fall yep. i but it's, i'll stop it there i broke i, I did a break fall you know but <laughs> I, broke I, my fall. I broke <laughs> i broke my fell but it was just really difficult like it just hurt yeah but it's okay it's all right it happens so here are some tips to make you a better uki. Uh, part one, listen with all of you. Now, what does that mean? As an uki, you need to be in constant communication with your training partner, instructor, whatever. You're listening to their words. You're listening, you're seeing their body language and you're feeling their energy. So if I'm in class and I'm saying, okay, so I'm addressing the class and I'm saying, all right, so then if my partner rolls onto their side and gets an underhook, it's like, you have to be listening to me in order to actually go onto your side and get the underhook because I'm talking in real time now. Mm 
Um, and if you're asleep, then I'm going to be like, stop. Hey, Maddie. Wake up. Wake yeah, up. Sometimes that's challenging. Um, and as you said, it comes down to communication with, you, with your partner. Sometimes you'd be like, what do you do here? What would you do here? And it's like, well, I, for me, I'd be like, well, I'd do this. And you're like, no, I want you to do this one. It's so it's, um, you know, I don't always, I know I don't always get it right. Yeah. Because sometimes my, my, my response to a situation is probably different to what you were expecting it to be as well. Um, yeah. But that's what it comes to listening and, and listening. Yeah. And when I say listening, I mean like, and with all of you, yes, it means like, listen, like feeling what your partner is doing and also being a little bit one step ahead. Yeah. You know, because you know where the technique's going. So you kind of want to be on the ball and be proactively adapting yourself to what I'm trying to share. I think that's also like sometimes it's like, what would you do here? And it's like, well, I know that if I go the way you're guiding me, I'm going to die. So I, I, prob- I change it up, which is for the benefit of the technique, the wrong thing. Because I, yes, I know not to do that. Yeah. But for what we're trying to show, not always the right uh, thing. Mm. So... Yeah, so in a way, like just kind of have an ear out. It's not time to sleep and think about what's for lunch. It's not time to sl- to think about you know what's uh, who you're going to grapple with after the after class. It's like you're there. That's part of the learning process, right? And even especially when you're with your training partner too, because part of learning is feeling the opposing side of it too. So as an uki. Don't just think it's time to just take a break and relax because there's so much learning that you can do. You can feel your partner's gaps. You know, you can feel their movements. You can feel their tension. You can feel, you know, part of your head is thinking, all right, here's an opportunity to go the other way too, even though you won't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're kind of feeling what's going on at the time. And it's a real good opportunity to, um, to um, to keep deepening your understanding. Yes. Of, of that specific situation too. So, um, an excellent uki doesn't need to be told where to be, and the class doesn't have to wait for them to prepare because they already know where the instructor is going. The uki is always on par with the instructor and is ready to be of service at the drop of a thought. You know, so shout out to Oscar right there. Oscar does awesome. Like Oscar, I don't have to. Oscar knows exactly where I'm going. Maybe, maybe that's after four or five years, six years of probably working together and helping each other. Um, that's why Oscar's a great uki, and he takes a nasty triangle really well too. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> oh, I, no, no. All right, so triangles are disgusting. For, for those who've never had the the experience of being John's uki, uh, John's about four foot three, uh, <laughs> so his legs are about one feet long. And for you, mate. <laughs> so from from hip to knee is one foot. From knee <laughs> to ankle is one foot. Uh, so when he wraps his triangle around you, it's already like completely choking but of course he wants to sit there in class and talk about the finer details of a triangle and how to lock it up tighter and, and tighten the hips i'll deepen it when maddie's in the in between and, them and i'm there dying tapping already he's like just hold on matt i've got to, i've got to take talk, say a few more details so it's just it's misery and then and then and then a student's gonna say can i say that one again yeah it's usually me saying it when oscar's in there because i know how bad it feels it's like ha ha there's so a, everyone reciprocates with Maddie and then asks them to do it. That's it. With there's, him. there's a sick pleasure. Um, there's, there's a sick communication <laughs> between me, Danny, and Oscar. Whenever there's a triangle class and one of us is in it, there's always eye contact made, and we're all just laughing at each other, just like <laughs> seeing the other person suffering. It's like I know where. Especially you Danny's are. head, like because now Danny with a shaved head, oh. I can see it go very red. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so big red turns even more red. 
Um, he turns, he turns into a. But he does tree. a good job because he's going to sit there and not. He's not going to take it. And I'm playing around. With, like I know, I'm loosening things up and I'm I'm having a joke with her too. But we're, we're always being nice. You're being yeah. nice to Yuki, um, and at the same time you have to be on the ball too, right? <laughs> so and here's the next part of this: uh, feed the technique. Like you got to feed it. So yeah. when we're talking about being proactive and listening to what's going on at the time in order to understand what to do next, right? So so if I'm showing the harpoon sweep... I can't be sitting back. No, because then I'm, then I'm going to regain my guard on you, right? So the harpoon sweep, if you haven't seen it, jump on the blog post and I've kind of created a link right there. So if you're showing the harpoon sweep and you push into the uki, they need to push back in order to fall into the sweep to create the circumstances for the sweep to happen, right? So if you're there with your training partner and you guys are practicing harpoons then there's a time when you have to go. So you have to feed it, actively feed can't, it. can't just be a floppy person just sitting on top like, yeah, do your technique and I'll no. just wait here for you. And the, yeah, the other part of it is it's, you're, you're active. It's active work as an uki. So it's not like, all right, your turn to practice a technique. The person doesn't just need your, your, your bones. The person needs your, your energy because that's the beauty of the jits, right? Like that's how, that's how you're gonna know the right timing for the, for the right technique, yes. um, is to feel that energy. Mm. So, um, you know, especially the fact that with Pedro Sauer, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, it's about, you know, we set mouse traps everywhere around your partner. So we're proactively um, uh, organizing your downfall, mm. right? So, so you need to be able to, as the uki, go this way or go that way or go that way according to kind of what's happening so we're collaborating together Um, we're not competing one bit you know because it's not the time to compete you know so um, be active but don't don't be active to the point of stopping it no because that kind of defeats the purpose so you know we've made traps and the trap doesn't go to the mouse the mouse runs into the trap and you as the uki are the mouse you know, you got to run into those traps in order for your partner to refine the traps even better. Yes. Yeah. So you have to feed them actively. Feed the techniques. Push when you need to. Pull when you have to. Keep your base sometimes. I think that's a really big one. So, and that's like if you're mega floppy, if you're too floppy and someone tries an armbar from guard they and they fall. flop you over, you fall over, then it's not really, you're not helping the situation. I remember that when I first learned an armbar many, 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 many years ago, uh, and people would just fall over and you just thought you were doing such a good armbar that you had this force that knocked them over and it's like and then no, when it comes time to the to actual grapple it's not happening right? because they want to be upright yeah so exactly the armbar is a great example don't just fall over because you've forgotten your legs a bit your, your legs while you're going oh what's happening at my arm no keep your base yep that's really important. I mean, I can I can sweep you over from the armbar, but I don't want you to just fall because you weren't paying attention to where you where your head was compared mm-hmm. to your legs. Yeah. Um, part three: Don't fight the technique. Mm. So feeding the technique is necessary. When somebody fights your technique, it's just it's it's annoying. All right. Yeah. And that's not because the technique isn't effective. But it's because you've now changed the circumstances and the next course of action has to be different in order to deal with your unexpected response, this your comes, reaction. This comes back to what we were saying in part one, that this isn't time to do the what ifs. They what can if come later. Ifs? Yeah, but this isn't the time. So, you know, you practice, okay, let's practice the harpoon sweep. And then, you know, once the class has come back in, you can put your hand up and say, hey, teacher, what happens if I do this instead of that? You know, so you guys can brainstorm that, you can troubleshoot it, and you can work out 
your response if the partner doesn't make the one that we're working on previously, but a new one. And that's beautiful. That's learning. That's exploring all of these different situations. And you want to have a response to every single one of your partner's reactions, right? Yeah. So I feel like, to be honest, the more I, the more I've done jujitsu, as I've progressed and as my belt's gotten deep, like darker, um, I've formulated more and more responses to my partner's movements. Yes. You know. So now, hopefully, like I have. I know what to do in most situations, you know, like, and of course I still refine, you know, but it's my job to, and the student's job to put the pieces together, right? But it's all great to have these what ifs and know, and know all these. But if, if you're trying to learn this technique, you need to learn the technique first before the what ifs can even come into it. For example. That's a big point, Matty. During the week, uh, t- teaching a kid's class. Yeah. So uh, we were showing the, the teens a dar stroke. Yeah. And one of the teens uh, just, I don't know whether he'd never been choked before, but he just didn't want to be uh, getting choked. So he was actively running away, from, not running, but <laughs> wouldn't let the person lock the choke up and was pulling his head out and just not, not cooperating. And so that was five, it took about five minutes before the, the other part, his partner could actually... Uh, we could work through that and he would get comfortable enough to let him train so, uh, or learn the, the grips for the dar stroke. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, you know what? I do have an answer and I can teach you the answer on what to do when this person's running away like this. But I can't teach it to you if you don't even know the basic part of it first. Yeah. Because I'm trying to teach you step three when you haven't even learned step one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, building a bridge when you haven't built the foundations to hold the bridge up in the middle. And starting with the road, let's say, but yeah, you know. starting with the road, but you haven't actually got the you know the supporting, For uh, sure. you know. So it is. I, I keep coming back to it. it. It is good to ask these questions of what ifs and having answers for all the different possibilities your partner can do. But mm-hmm. you got to understand the first part of it first. Yeah, that's a, a, what a big point. That's that's huge. Okay, the fact that. Um, I, I think people kind of get ahead of themselves a little bit too sometimes and it's like, yeah, you want to learn the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But I believe and I've seen that putting adequate amounts of attention to the step one is necessary before you start building on step two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. It doesn't stop. It won't stop. Just don't be in such a rush to kind of progress beyond where you're at. You know, like just give it, give it the respect it deserves near enough is not good enough if it yeah so what's good enough well nothing it's, the it, goal ultimately is like you want it to be perfect that's the goal at least so oh yeah, yeah whatever that's all right next step it's like well not really unless you want sloppiness yeah I, look, habitual I, sloppiness yeah i don't want to talk about uh how you're going to you know say we're doing a triangle choke and the person starts talking about when you're pressuring inwards, how do we roll backwards, how do we roll forwards. I'm not going to go into those details if you haven't even been able to consistently lock up a nice triangle. Yeah. If your legs are still all over the place, why would I talk about these extra details when you haven't even got step A tight? Mm-hmm. Good point there, Maddie. Um, so, you know, go along with the story that's being painted in the class. Mm-hmm. Don't try to make it your own story. You know, um, you're on the same team. Feed, feed technique. Don't fight it. Yep. 
Um, the next one, and I mean, we can we can relate this to different aspects, right? Because when I was creating, when I was writing this article, it was about you know the the instructor Zuki, and the the point is minimize the words. So as the Uki like just a little bit, you know, and because it's not really, it's not your chance to steal the show. That just because you're in the middle of the room, all right, you might have like converse a little bit, you know, and ask one or two or three words or something like that. But don't take over the class because like as the Uki, I think that's a little bit. No, um, no grandpa noises. Inappropriate. Ugh. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you've got to sell the technique, you know. Like Absolutely. Say, oh, this is the hardest one. Sometimes you go, how does that feel? The only correct how does that answer, feel, yeah. The only correct answer is it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not yeah. because the technique's bad, because the technique is good, it feels terrible for me. Which is kind of good, right? Yeah, in a weird roundabout way. When shit means good. That's uh, it. It's not your chance to steal the show. Your job is to support the technique and not necessarily add to it. You know, so what if I'm there teaching the technique and then... Oh, and the Uki is like, yeah, but what about this? What about that? It's like, well, man, just relax. So maybe after, when everyone's come out, you can speak to the teacher and say, hey, yeah. what about this? You know, I felt like I could do that. Mm-hmm. And you guys can have a nice little chat. But don't, like, stop the whole class in order to kind of add your spice to it as well, right? Um, and on the flip side, you know, if you guys are just practicing technique together with, as training partners, um, I like if you're in a class and you're there to learn of course a few jokes here and there are fun but your job you're there for an hour or two hours or whatever it is like prep like spend your time working on the technique rather than talking about what's happening on the weekend and the next UFC card coming up Kamaru yeah. Burns what do you reckon um I'm I'm not sure that's it I don't know how to call that fight oh shit we're doing a podcast hey there you go so <laughs> well played I see what you did there <laughs> So um, honestly, like, kind of stick to stick to the task, right? And and of course, you're going to talk about the technique and talk about you know the different aspects of it and the opportunities and where to go. Just keep it um, on the topic, yeah. right? So eyes on the prize. Eyes on the yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, it's the instructor's job to demonstrate the mechanics and offer the details he or she feels is necessary for the student to learn. So sometimes I will actually exclude details, even though I know that they're important. I'll do it on purpose because on the next step or the step after, I'm going to create a coherent um, path for students. I've read the room. I know there's maybe predominantly white belts or, you know, like more people, like, you know, depending on how I've structured the class. Yep. So I'm looking at the class as a big picture, you know, so I'm not going to give the immediate details straight away. So, um, you know, it's kind of my job as the instructor to kind of shape the path of the class. And when you're the instructor, then you can shape your path of the class as well. Um, so that's why I'm saying with the Uki, like, just kind of do your job. And your job, essentially, know your job, right? Is to cop it. Is, well, is to, is to receive it, yeah. you know, and not add to it. And as I say here, laughter and banter are a regular part of the class. And at higher, we, you know, we keep it playful. We're pretty good at that, but one thing I, I don't like when it gets too playful, and everyone's just playing around and laughing, and there's no like actual training happening. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if it's too serious, there's also a weird vibe there as well, which I don't like either. So, so there's a spectrum to this, man. You know. So, um, and if, so it's just important to kind of keep things in check, is what we're saying right here. 
you know, you're there to serve the class, you're there to serve your training partner, mm. you know, and you're not a comedian, you're not a, the, the commentator. I'm pretty funny. You are pretty funny, Maddie. We can't, we can't deny this, all right? I've got nothing to funny to say now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were funny. Yeah, I thought so too. So, people, um, smile, you know, like, as being in the middle, yeah. be a good presence. Is that fair to say? I think that's very You're a part fair. of the spotlight. You know, maybe some people are taking videos. You know, be active, be energetic, be happy. Um, don't hog it. Yeah, and being a... I don't know. This is a bit more general, though. Like, be in a good mood, you know, because you're in jiu-jitsu. Like, it's happy. It's fun times to be a jiu-jitsu. So Imagine being an uki, don't like, be, don't in the middle of class and then snapping at someone for whatever reason. Or what about, you know, you guys are practicing with your training partners and you get angry at the guy for doing the wrong move or something like that. Like, just chill, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a general chat. Like, And, it, of course, it depends on personalities, you know, and some personalities don't really work together. Some people get annoying, like, when you're training with them, right? And we're telling you how to not be annoying right now. So some things to be annoyed about if my teach if my... Sh- if my training partner keeps talking, won't stop talking about random stuff. Yeah, or wants to do a different technique. Yeah, or something like that. I'm like, man, yeah, just yeah. chill. Um, personally, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't particularly like when somebody goes completely ant like compl- somewhere completely different to the class. Yeah. So let's say you know, Mr. Heian right now has got a competition coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Events. I don't know when it is. Sometime soon. Two weeks. Yeah. All right. So. We're practicing collar chokes in the gi, yep. and Hian's um, preparing for a no-gi tournament. So if he says, hey, John, I might practice this, I might practice my dash chokes instead, you know, and some, and some guillotines, I'll be like, yeah, all right, no worries. But um, I used to do this when I first started in jiu-jitsu, and I think it was a mistake when I, I didn't think the, the class material was what I wanted to do, so I'd just do something different. It wasn't think, exciting, so you picked your own lesson. I picked my own, but I'm a white belt. I'm a yeah. blue belt. And it's up to, it's not up to me to, de- to determine what I'm learning at that time. You're in class, so respect the class, respect the student, respect the school, and at least be, like, associated. Do something that's associated with the topic of the of the day. I remember that on that topic, I remember many moons ago, I think I was a one-stripe white belt or a no-stripe, probably a one-stripe white belt. Yeah. Uh, and we were in class and this is one of my first memories of Oscar and and where our old instructors had shown us a technique and I wasn't I didn't particularly find it interesting for whatever reason (laughs) so I was trying to practice a twister because a few weeks beforehand uh, a Korean zombie had gotten his first twister in the UFC against Leonard Garcia yeah so I'd been I was there trying to practice a twister and I remember Oscar looking over with this look of just disappointment like what is this four stripe white belt at the time Oscar was like this dickhead (laughs) is trying to like white belt with no experience is trying to do a twister yes and you know whatever the the choke of the day or the technique of the day was he's like just do what you told so that was my very first memory of Oscar is just looking at me with this look like I'm an absolute turkey uh, and telling me to do what it was meant, the class was meant to be. Well, and he wasn't yeah, wrong. He, he wasn't, he wasn't wrong. wrong because you were just a white belt, one stripe or whatever you were at the time, you know? And I think that's just... Um, it's also respect for your teacher. It is because your teacher, in most cases, your teacher has thought long and hard about what is best for you mm-hmm. and you're um, subscribing to that 
based on the fact on your presence in the class and your membership at the school. So I think you have to trust your teacher. And if you don't trust your teacher, then maybe you're at the wrong school, really. You know, if you think that you know better than your teacher, then maybe you're at the... Yeah, well, where are you learning from? You know, so um, I just think it's a little bit of uh, humility sometimes as well to say, okay. And an overall... You know, so I don't really want to train with someone who's unhygienic. Yeah, it's disgusting. It doesn't...